You are listening to God the MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 016. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Botter here. Welcome to God the MBA podcast. If you are in the online business scene for any amount of time, I think you might notice one of the hot topics recently. It's about membership-based business. It reminds me that in my former corporate life as a director of membership in Asia years back, for a luxury, prestigious membership business club, you know, we had spa, several outlets of restaurants, gyms, squash courts, and so on. Basically, it's like a Ritz-Carlton hotel just without accommodations. I was their first staff member, started from scratch, from penciling out the marketing research all the way to hire and manage the team. Witness the building went up and we saw and launched and served over 1,000 members in less than six months. It was a super intense but also super fun project. So you can say that I have experienced membership-based business firsthand way beyond just in the digital world. Since I got asked quite often about this topic by my clients and also myself, I'm planning for my coming membership site to serve larger audience. I want to make sure that I get the best expert to share the knowledge with you. I think I achieve it. My good friend, Mike Morrison, he is one half of the membership guys. Mike and his partner, Carly Willows, they have spent years guiding the growth of membership websites, e-learning business, and online communities, helping clients attract hundreds of thousands of members and generating millions of dollars in revenue. That even includes one of my business mentors, Chris Docker. You know, today's interview, we are talking about what membership-based business really means and common mistakes to avoid when you build a membership-based business. Also, we talk about the reality of the retention rate and what you can do to boost it up. Also, the main benefits of membership-based business, pricing strategies, and top tips to run a successful membership business. Can you tell? I need to warn you. In this jam-packed interview, Mike did not hold back a bit. It's like a mini training course itself. So, do take out your pen and notepad. Well, if you are driving or working out, then you just have to re-listen again and take notes. Yes, it's that good. Let's check with Mike. Mike, so happy that you are here. Kelly, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on this sunny Friday afternoon. Okay, I saw that you have lovely shirt there. Show us. Oh. You like it? Okay, sorry. For those people you are only listening, that's why later you need to see our show notes. We'll tell you what's going on there. Okay. Mike, can you kind of share with us, you know, where you're from and a little bit of your life and business journey and how on the earth that you became the expert for the membership side business. Sure thing. So I work with my partner in crime, Callie Willows. Uh, she is the other half, she would say the better half of the membership guys. We help people to create successful membership websites. And we've been working together in one form or another for the last five or six years. So I was a 
freelance web developer. I went out into self-employment about 10 years ago, just working one-on-one with clients. And over the years, kind of fine-tuned my approach to running my own business. I think a lot of us, when we start out in business, we very quickly put ourselves back into a job, put ourselves back into a role, and we become subservient to our clients. And I found actually quite early on that um, you know you can actually take control of your business, shape it around what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. And so for me, my business journey became a journey of finding out which projects, what type of businesses I liked working with on the technical side and on the marketing side, because I've always kind of ridden the line between the geeky stuff, the techy stuff, web design, and actually the marketing and the strategy of how to make it work. So over the years, I've kind of fine-tuned that, and I eventually started working with Callie on a membership website. She actually came to me, and she was uh, helping people as a, a digital VA. She came to me for some of the more techy stuff on uh, one of her clients, which was a membership site, and I loved it. And this, you know, I'd worked on some larger project that had a membership element but this was kind of the first the first side that was how we would typically understand a membership e-learning community and so on Mm. and so we started working together more and more we then made it official became business partners and started specializing solely in membership websites so we've been doing that for four or five years now been heavily involved in some massively successful and massively enjoyable membership uh, websites and this is all we do about a year ago we actually moved away from just working one-on-one with clients and we started teaching other people how to do what we've been doing and uh, go beyond that so we now only educate people we teach we talk we rant we rave about membership website strategies and all that sort of stuff and we have a lot of fun doing it yeah actually let me just break a little bit for you recently the chris Douglas you Pernod community which you both we are in uh mike is a guy to be part of this uh, project and help Chris to have these uh, Upreneur 2.0s. Yes, Chris twisted my arm. <laughs> so we had decided, you know, our plan going back about two years, we decided we would stop doing one-on-one client services at a certain point. So Chris actually spoke to us about eight months ago and we'd kind of gotten to know each other a little bit before then. And then he, you know, popped the question, will you come along and, and help me with my website? And I said, no, <laughs> we don't work one-on-one. We're focusing on this. But he he's persistent. And uh, you don't get to be where Chris Tucker is without knowing how to get what you want. So he twisted my arm a little bit, but I'm glad he did because it's been a very special project to be involved in. And uh, obviously, as a member of Chris's community ourselves, you know, we do memberships. We're members of a lot of different sites, but Chris's membership is probably one of the only ones we actually were a part of, not just to research, we're a part of it because we enjoy it, because we get to meet people like your good self. And uh, so it's a little self-serving as well. We've got to create an awesome membership that we just so happen to benefit from, from being members too. So it's a win-win. Yeah, no wonder I see you, uh, you are kind of a little bit injured, right? I mean, he must twist quite a bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> he worked away. He chipped away at me. Yeah, okay. Mike, uh, you know, I think that's start from the basic. Let's define what mean membership model business because some of my audience told me that, well, Kelly, so you mean if I buy a program and I got a login info, so that means that I enter into a membership site, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, a membership is typically premium content that requires registration in order to to view it. That's basically what a membership is. And unless you're feeling particularly charitable, you're typically going to want them to pay when they register as well. And that's, in essence, what a membership website is. But when we talk online business, when we talk online marketing, Generally, there's a particular type of membership website we're referring to when we use that terminology. An online course, an online program, technically, is a membership website. Netflix is a membership website. OkCupid or Tinder, they're (laughs) membership websites or membership services. But usually in the realm of online business and online marketing, a membership website will 
typically involve some e-learning element mm -hmm. and almost always it'll include some sort of community. So you're paying not just for access to one big course and that's it. You're paying for maybe a course library, maybe some downloads, some tools, some tutorials, and then a community element too. And in most cases, when people are talking membership websites, there's a recurring element as well in terms of the revenue. So people are paying you monthly, quarterly, or yearly on a recurring basis. So while so many things do fit into the, the, the realm of what a membership website is, most of the time when you hear people talking about them, they mean there's an e-learning element and there's a community element. Yeah. All right. So now you guys are clear, right? So, clear as mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will hope we don't confuse them now. <laughs> so what are the some common mistakes you see when the business owner, entrepreneurs, they started their membership site? There's, I would say, two big ones. The first one is rushing into things and focusing on the wrong stuff once you've had your idea for your membership. So what usually happens is you get a spark of inspiration. You think, I'm going to create Facebook for cat owners. And you rush straight into it and you start worrying about the technology. You start trying to find which membership system or which membership plugin should I use? Should I use PayPal or should I use Stripe? And you get so bogged down and buried in the technical side and then you rush ahead then you create the content you invest all this time all this money because often people hire people in to build their sites for them launch your website open the doors and nothing happens mm -hmm. nobody joins and in most cases it's because you skipped that important first step and that's actually validating whether your idea is any good in the first place you know and on the one hand taking action is a good thing. Mm -hmm. We've all seen and we've probably all experienced to a degree that paralysis by analysis where you overthink and you spend too much time really just kind of working this stuff around in your head. But when it comes to a membership, there is so much time that needs to be sunk into it that you need to take that extra week, two weeks, month, however long it takes to do the, the research and the validation and the verification that your membership has legs, you know? And when we say validating your idea, we don't mean asking your wife or your husband or your best friend or even your mastermind group, you know, ask your audience. And if you can't find your audience, that's the first sign that your product isn't any good or your idea isn't any good and maybe it needs some refinement. If you can, maybe do some sort of MVP, a minimum viable product, you know, put out uh, an ebook and try and charge for it, or maybe even try and pre-sell your membership idea or do some sort of one-on-one -on -one or group coaching centered around the, the core idea. Validate that there are people out there who not only value your idea, but they will put their hand in their pocket and pay for it. Because if you skip that step, you're taking a big gamble and a big risk. And in most cases where we've seen people launch a membership and where it's failed, it's because they haven't taken that extra bit of time to really, really dig deep into their idea. And if you're trying to find specific ways of doing this, I would definitely recommend getting a copy of uh, Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. That book is literally all about idea validation and it's got exercises in that will help you really nail down whether your idea will fly, whether it's got legs, whether it's got wings. So step one, do that. That's one of the biggest mistakes I, make, I see people make. The second biggest mistake people make is they think it's all about sales. With a course, with an ebook, with a piece of software, with a product, yes, there's after sales, yes, there's customer service, but for the most part, once somebody's paid, once someone's purchased what you're selling, the journey's ended. That's mm -hmm. where it finishes. That's the end result. With a membership, that's where it all begins. Yes, getting that first sale is important. Yes, getting new members in is crucial to the growth of your membership. But if you're not taking care of those guys once they're in, if you're not focusing on retaining your members, then your membership won't succeed. It won't last very long. You know, so focus on retention as much, if not more, than winning in new members because, you know, the old anecdote is it costs seven times as much 
to win a new customer or in this case a new member than it does to hang on to an existing one so you know if you're focusing so much on getting new people in through the front door that you're missing everyone leaving out the back door then that's not a good thing so that's the second mistake i see a lot of people making forgetting about retention thinking it's all about sales retention is the key to the long-term success of a membership site that's awesome, Mike. Since we're on that topic about retention, can you share with us a little bit about, you know, the average, you know, statistic about the retention rate? I think this is a hot topic. Yes. It's funny because this is one of those areas where there is information out there and the stats out there and there's kind of, you know, anecdotal thumb in the air stuff. And what tends to, to be spread around is this idea that the average member of a membership site the average length will be three months. Now, we dug further into that. That actually, this might not be appropriate for this podcast, that figure comes from pornography sites. Wow. That's where that figure comes from. So the average three-month retention period, that comes from members of pornography subscriptions. All right. So it's debatable whether or not we should use that stat. That's the standard, yeah. Yeah, we had someone in our Facebook group, we run a free Facebook group for uh, membership site owners, someone in there who um, was posting about their retention figures, they crunched the numbers, they've got retention of about 32 months. Wow. Average. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I know people who are hemorrhaging members after month one and month two. So the three-month figure might not be accurate and it probably isn't accurate. And I think these days, subscriptions and and having memberships to e-learning sites to communities are becoming more and more the norm and maybe that's extending mm -hmm. the average retention length but it's not a bad idea to act as though three months is the average when you're starting out because that then makes you think more about well how can i really engage my members to make sure they stick around beyond that three-month period. So the actual average retention rate is going to depend very much on your audience, very much on your topic, how essential your membership is, how big the problem is that your membership solves. But um, yeah, if you act as though three months is going to be the average, that's not a bad approach to take. And if you if you do definitely need a stat to go by, then go by the three months, just remember where it actually comes from. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure. Okay, <laughs> but I think it's good. I love how you say it's, if we just take that three months and then really will make us be more proactive. Yes, absolutely. Uh, can you share with us some tips that how can we then, you know, kick up the retention rate? Well, community is a huge part of that. I think there's two two really big areas that have a massive difference for retention. First of all is onboarding. So onboarding is the stuff you do to get people integrated into your membership. So making sure you have a plan and you have a journey you take your new member from, from the second they sign up, the second they hit that page that says, thanks for joining, you should be taking them on a journey. Mm -hmm. Now, that may be as simple as just having a welcome video and a clear step for what happens next, followed up by some emails sent periodically throughout the first week or two that point them towards the best content, that help them figure out where to start. Really pay attention to that first day, that first week, and that first month of someone's membership and make sure you're helping people get off to the right start. Because once you get past that first month, then they have hopefully started to build the habits that are going to uh, keep them retained as a member on a long-term basis. So focus on that onboarding, that initial week or two of someone's membership. Make sure you get them off to the right start. The second big key for retention is community. Mm. You know, people will join your membership for the content, but it's the community that is what makes them stay. That's the glue. That is the sticking point. The community is the element that will keep people around on your membership long beyond the point at which they've used up the need for your content. Mm. You know, so... In your community, that's where your relationships are getting formed. That's where people are making genuine friendships. And I think that happens a lot more these days than it used to. Um, it's where people support each other independent of you. 
And all this happens, we just need to look at, you know, you Preneur before you mentioned Chris Ducker's community is the perfect example. You know, it started off, Chris was instigating a lot of the talk about meeting up and, and stuff like that and little mastermind stuff that was happening. He was, he was directing that. Now people do it themselves. They come together themselves. They support each other without being told to. And when that starts to take light in your community, that's the sort of thing that will keep people hooked in for years and years. So this kind of ties into the onboarding to that initial week or two. You want to get people into your community. You want to get them accustomed to using it. Give new members a place to introduce themselves. Easiest thing you can do because that's an easy thing to do as a new member. Have a section that is completely off topic. You know, yes, if you've got a, a membership about Facebook advertising, most of your forums are going to be about the, the serious business of Facebook advertising. But give someone a place to talk about the latest episode of Game of Thrones because <laughs> people want to do that. That's where people get to know the little bits about each other. That's going to help them build relationships. And that's also the low-hanging fruit. You know, if I'm nervous about taking part in a community and I don't know how comfortable I am jumping into this really serious discussion, I'm not going to feel that anxiety if the conversation is actually just about, you know, oh my God, did you see what happened with Jon Snow last night? You know, so <laughs> that low-hanging fruit like that is a really easy way of getting people in. And the last thing, just as a, a, a great draw and a good retention hook for a community is having some sort of journaling some sort of progress log or coaching log or growth record which we both know chris does as well we have progress logs on our community pretty much every um, successful membership we've been involved in where we've helped them with their strategy that's a key key part you know, music instruction, have a progress diary, um, weight loss sites, have a fitness tracker, have a weight loss tracker, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that that's going to make people come back. It's going to be their little space to um, document their journey. That's going to give massive value to other people coming in because they're looking within that community and it's not big experts just sharing their stuff it's people just like them who 12 months ago were in the mm-hmm. same position they're in and they can watch their journey so onboarding community to massive massive keys for member retention yeah i really like how you say about the the growth record thing it's yeah. almost like yeah when we see other people's journey and then so it kind of give us a hope that Okay, so, you know, that's a real thing happen in front of our eyes. And the other thing, uh, you talk about the second point. I often think sometimes when we go online, I like to kind of put the situation is what if you just think this is offline, right? If you go to uh, somebody's uh, home or let's say a club, you join a club offline, you know, how will you feel as a new person going to that club? Yeah. And how will you feel comfortable with? And therefore, you know, you switch your position that you now is the host of that yeah. club. How will you then can make that new person feel comfortable? Exactly. And it's, you know, it's when you start a new job, I think a job, so the employment process is actually yeah. a really good place to see this in action. You usually go through some sort of induction. Mm-hmm. some sort of introduction to the company and you're told the bits you need to know when you need to know them rather than just being given a big fat manual and left to get on. You're introduced to the people you're going to be communicating with and working with more closely to begin with and then you start to meet more people in the company. You know, you maybe have some checkups, some, you know, um, you know, one-on-one time with the manager at a more, you know, for the first few weeks, they'll be more closely working with you and getting one-on-one feedback from you as you ease your way in. So stuff like that, you know, you're, and again, this this represents what we were saying before about one-time sales versus memberships. Your onboarding process is essentially the starting point of building what you hope will be a multiple year-long relationship. You know, a forever transaction. There's a great book called The Membership Economy by Robbie Kelman Baxter. And she talks about this idea of the forever transaction. And that's what a membership is. So you should be looking at your membership as a 5, 10, 15, 20 year plan. And as such, same as when you employ 
someone mm-hmm. at your company, you want them to be set up for success and for set up to be set up for long-term involvement in your business and within your membership. So, you know, you want to do uh, everything you can to really ingratiate people into your community, to make them feel comfortable, to get them off to the right start, because you want them to be here in five years' time. I really like、uh, what you share here, Mike, because I feel that sometimes in the online marketing world, is so much conversation is about generate leads, sales,、yeah. and all those, but then totally forgot about customer service that part. And that reminds me, my own children when they were smaller, and when they, because we we relocated so many places, and when they enter into a new school, one of them has this fantastic system called Buddy.、Mm. So they were assigned to a Buddy. Basically, it's a fellow student. Yeah. But it's already long there a while, and then so they feel they just feel much better in that first month. You know, that Buddy will guide them around. Yeah. yeah, and that's something I've actually seen people do in memberships. Is actually they they use this exact same buddy system, where they maybe have ten power users, so ten people within the membership who are you know really really heavily invested. They are part of the furniture. They're part of their membership, and you know they they'll assign them to a few different people.、Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously they reward those buddies with either free membership or you know some of the perks, but. Yeah, like you say, it just makes that new person feel that much more welcome. You know, if、yeah. you know you've got one friend in the club, it's a lot、yeah. easier to make the second friend, the third friend, and so on and so on. So so far, probably some of our listeners, I can feel they probably think, "Oh my goodness, Mike, but that's a lot of work." <laughs> so can we talk about why membership? What's the what are the benefits that、mm. to have a membership side and or, or membership based business? You know, I'm going to come out with a big one first. You know, maybe it's more polite or what have you to leave it to last. But the money side of things and how a membership, the way that it generates money for you, is a big, big benefit. You know, let's just get that one out of the way first.、Sure. And you know, while there will be internet marketers out there who sell this idea of a membership as this way of accessing untold riches without doing any work and all that sort of stuff. That's BS. Yeah. Passive income is almost never passive. I don't know anyone who read the four-hour work week who only works four hours a week. So if that's what you're after. If that's what you're thinking about memberships for. You're in the wrong place. But as a business model, the way in which you generate money from a membership is massively freeing, and it's because of that recurring. Revenue, so recurring revenue from a continuously growing membership, and that transforms your business and your life genuinely. Recurring revenue—it's predictable, it's stable. You're continuously building it. So you know if you're selling one-off products or one-off courses, and you typically sell two hundred course spots or two hundred downloads of your your product per month, and That revenue is good. That's what you need. That's what you're happy with. But then you have a bad month. You're kind of screwed.、Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a terrible month and you don't get any new sales,、mm-hmm. then that puts you in a bad spot. With a membership, if you don't get any new sales within a month, you've still got your baseline of existing members or existing revenue. So it doesn't mess. With your business too much, and therefore you're not under pressure to kind of panic about. Okay, well, we really need to get new sales next month because I can't afford another month where we don't get any sales or any money in. When you've got that recurring revenue from a membership, you've got that baseline, you've got that stability, and I think in this day and age, stability within your income is like gold dust. So. First and foremost, the recurring revenue element is huge, and you know you don't need to be attracting too many new members or getting massive amount of sales every single month to quite quickly or relatively quickly get to a point where actually what you make exceeds what you'd be able to if you were doing one-on-one services, for example.、Mm-hmm. If you're selling one-on-one services, there's a cap, there's a limit. Yeah. To how much money you can make directly related to your availability and so on, whereas with a membership, there's no cap on it. You know, you can just continuously build and build. So the recurring revenue element is one massive, massive benefit.、Um, the second 
a real big benefit for us is in how much more leveraged your time, skills, knowledge, ability, expertise becomes with a membership. Again, if you're doing one-on-one services and you spend an hour with a client, you get paid for that one hour by one person. You can't get it back. You can't reuse it. It's not leveraged. It's gone. It's single-use disposable time. And yes, you get paid for it, but that's all you're ever going to get paid for it. So when you're in that time for money trap, again, you're limited. If you have a bad month, if you're unwell, if you just don't feel like working and you know, I'm all for this Gary V hustle, you know, all that sort of stuff. But let's face it, how many of us can generally say we've never had a point where we just could not be bothered to work, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just not feeling it today. I just want to sit on the sofa and watch Netflix. If you're selling time for money, you're less able to just check out of your business or to, you know, go off to that conference or that event or to take that holiday with your family to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. Again, with a membership, when you're teaching people, when you're supporting people in the community, you go from that one-to-one approach that burns you out, that limits your revenue, that, you know, controls your down your life. You go from one-to-one to one-to-many. Mm. So you're more, you're better leveraging your time, you're better leveraging your skills and your knowledge, but also you get to help more people. Yeah. You get to make more of an impact to more people's lives. You get to affect more change. And that's because of how much more leveraged a membership enables your business to be. Um, I also love the forced transparency. I love this. How many of us have had that point where if you're selling a course or you're up against another coach and you know that they are a bit shady. Mm. You know that the way they market themselves, the promises they make are really underhanded. But they're very, very good at manipulating people or what have you. They are snake oil salesmen. And we all come up against them within our markets. Mm. With a membership, you can't do that. You can't rip people off. You can't mislead them because they have to they're going to stick around. They're going to be here. You can't invite someone into your home and pick their pocket on their way in because they're going to be in your house for the next few days or the next few weeks. And at some point they'll realize that their wallet has gone and then they'll figure out that you took it. So you can't rip people off. You can't mislead them. You can't cheat them with a membership. You can't overpromise and underdeliver because if you do, it'll backfire very quickly. You'll be exposed very quickly. And that for me with the membership model gives as level a playing field as you're going to get in any form of online business because the cheats, the scammers, the snake oil salesmen have nowhere to hide because they are fully unsure within a membership. So I love that, that forced transparency of that. And the time factor, the flexibility factor as well. Again, controlling when you work, who you work with, running your business on your terms, knowing that your full skill set has been tapped into, you know, being more fulfilled in knowing that you're not just selling what people want, you're able to educate them and what they need. Again, that just leads to a much happier time in your business. It helps you get better results for other people. It gives you flexibility, it removes pressure from you. And then when you couple that with the benefits of the recurring revenue side of things, it just makes for a completely different type of of business and type of lifestyle that uh, is very rewarding. Well... (laughs) that's a good sales pitch that's a huge that's a sales pitch right there people (laughs) sorry i will say it's work it's a lot of work but it's work on your terms you need to show up and you need to serve your community but actually if you love the idea of educating people helping people of of being a part of people's journey then it's that cheesy old saying you know if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life it is hard work If you are looking for the golden goose of passive income, it doesn't exist. If you care more about how you make your money than how much money you make, then a membership can be one of the absolute best business models for ticking all the boxes for you and helping you make more of a difference in a way that actually 
is still profitable and is rewarding uh, from a business point of view as well. Well, Mike, I mean, I know my tribe is uh, they are the givers. They want to impact life. They want to, they, they truly want to help. Yeah. But of course, we only have 24 hours a day. <laughs> True. Right? And so that's why many of us are interested in the membership side models. But I love what you say. And both of us, we make it very clear. Now, it's work. Right. Mm. I mean, let's just say for who are you out there that you're right now listening this podcast, it probably sounds easy as a podcast listeners, but to launch a podcast and create podcasts, that's a totally different story. Right. But the benefit, just like the benefits of membership, we are looking for the long term. We are not just, you know, looking for for the short term gain, really. Yeah. Because this is also, it's, uh, for me, membership is also it's a fantastic way to really build that relationship between you, business owner, and your tribe as well, isn't it? Mike, so can we talk about pricing, right? I got these questions a lot. So Kelly, how do I know which price is it's right for my membership site? The truth about pricing a membership is there is no correct answer there really isn't you know it's the same as if you're billing hourly how do you work that out yes you can do some of the maths you can look at your expenses you can look at what you need to break even and you should certainly do that within your membership too but even then how do you decide how much profit you want to make you know so much of this is thumb in the air you know Good instinct, good feeling, not like knowing and understanding your audience and things like how budget conscious they are, things like how much will they value the change that I'm able to affect within their lives or within their business. So there's a good mix of good instinct and just knowing or have a sen- having a sense of your audience and your market. Uh, there are other things you can do, such as you know, first of all, are you business to business or are you business to consumer? You know, are you teaching business skills or, you know, coaching people or doing something which will be classed by business owners as a business expense? Or are you catering towards a hobby and interest? Business to consumer, you're typically going to be cheaper than business to business, uh, simply because the affordability levels tend to be different. Uh, if your business to consumer, if someone's paying to be part of your piano teaching membership, then that recurring charge that sits alongside their cell phone bill, alongside their utility bills, their rent, their mortgage payment, it's a bill. Mm-hmm. Whereas when someone is part of your business to business membership, it's an expense. And that's a very important distinction, mm-hmm. you know, because if someone is having uh, a little bit of a harder time or they're bouncing the budgets or they're thinking about their outgoings from a, a business to consumer point of view, then all of a sudden your membership becomes very disposable because compared to paying the rent and putting food on the table, learning to play piano isn't up there. Mm-hmm. Whereas business to business they're going to have a lot of varied expenses. They're going to be able to look at return on investment and so on. So, again, the amount you'll typically charge, the ranges you'll charge will differ. What I would say with business to consumer and hobby-based memberships, again, another thing that comes into it is whether or not there's a financial barrier to entry for that particular topic. So if you have a photography-based membership, then photographers will have spent hundreds and thousands of pounds or hundreds of thousands of dollars on their equipment. So they have established that they recognize the value and the need to invest Mm. in their particular hobby. So that's a factor. And again, that typically means you may charge a little bit more. Whereas if your membership is based around parenting or something like that, where and this isn't to say that children don't cost an absolute fortune, but if it's around parenting where, you know, you're not paying hundred dollars for the latest model of child not yet anyway i'm sure that's somewhere in the near or future then... we need to create that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> subscription boxes but for new children um <laughs> that's a sci-fi movie there in itself but you know with with that where yes there's 
expenses around it, but it's not something someone's had to buy into, right. then maybe that's going to you know, change the perception of how much to pay. So factors like these, as well as looking at what else are people paying for? If you're selling to creatives or to web designers, for example, if your membership audience is web designers, web designers will be paying for software. We will be paying subscriptions for font companies, subscriptions to industry magazines. So there'll be a lot of stuff we'll be paying for already. And there'll be a ballpark kind of financial figure for the types of services we pay. So you need to think about other stuff, other subscriptions your members might have. And then, of course, look at your competitors. What else is on the market? What are they charging? How does your offering stack up compared to those? So you put all that stuff in a pot, you mix it all up, and you use a little bit of gut feeling to kind of pull out the ballpark area what you should be charging. For anyone wanting specifics, like still kind of needing a guideline, for business to business, if you are running like a community, a bit like Chris Tucker's or a bit like our own, mm-hmm. uh, where you know selling very specific topic-related stuff, typically for business to business community, you're looking at around maybe the thirty dollar to fifty to sixty dollar mark per month. If you're a well-known name, so a, a big name or an influencer like Chris Docker is, like the likes of James Schramko, uh, John Lee Dumas, and, uh, and Nathan Chan, just some of the people top of my head who I would say are that level of influencer who have memberships, you'll probably look in then more around the 60 to $90 mark. I know Chris charges currently about $60 for his membership. I know the pricing um, is in, undoubtedly as the value goes up, the pricing will go up. James Schramko, I think, charges around about $70 for his membership. Nathan Chan's at about $60. I think Johnny Dumas is about $70 to $80. So if you are that level of influencer within your field, then the range is going to be a bit higher. If you're business to consumer, you're typically going to be looking at around about $15 to maybe $35 tops. And for any UK-based listeners or Europe listeners, European <laughs> listeners, basically any non-US listeners, if you're wondering whether price in US dollars or in your own currency, price in US dollars. People from outside the US are more accustomed to charging or to paying in dollars than people in the US are accustomed to paying in pounds or euros or what have you. So that tends to be a question we get a lot, so I thought I'd tag that on at the end. Dollars versus non-dollars, go with dollars because we're all used, we all are accustomed to paying in dollars. Americans, I'm sure there's areas in America where they don't know there's any other currency than the US dollar. And I've just offended them all um, on your podcast. <laughs> so, okay, don't write us hate mail now. Okay, now <laughs> about the currency. We are quite international here, but it's the convenience and it's the truth it for, right, for you. Mm-hmm. If you put it, your pricing there, it's just common that people right away can think of in their head, okay, US dollars to convert whatever their, their currency is just a whole lot easier. Okay, Definitely. so that's so just keep it simple. And so, what are the maybe the three, three top tips that we can run a successful membership based business? Ooh, three top tips. I put him on the spot. Yeah, it's just which of all of those to go with. (laughs) First of all, you need to lead by example. If you've got a community and you want people to participate in your community and you're sitting there thinking, why aren't people talking? Why aren't they interacting? You need to set the pace for your membership. Um, I I like my little tag phrase, which I won't say verbatim on here because I don't want to swear, but the sanitized version is show up and serve. I actually, it's normally show up and give her something. Uh-huh, okay. um, that's what you have to do. You know, you need to be the most active member. You need to be the model member of your membership site. If you want people to interact in your, your membership, in your community, if you want to get that momentum going in the early days of your community, then you need to be starting conversations. You need to be replying to everything. You need to be actually interacting and showing up 
and being the type of member you want everyone else to be. And that, you know, because the community element, as we talked about, is one of the most important elements for member retention, then getting off to the right start and getting that momentum is key. So if you're just launching a membership site, be prepared to put in the extra time. As time goes on, you won't need to be, you know, responding to every message within 10 minutes because the community will do that. The yeah. community grows around itself. But to begin with, you need to put in that work. So that's my tip. If you've got a community, in those early days, you need to lead the charge. If things are quiet, get in some seed members. So get in some ex-clients, get in some beta testers, get people in there and actually task them, give them a mandate to set the forum alight set the community alive, get things moving, get conversations happening. Because once that momentum starts and the community becomes active, then it becomes this critical element for actually keeping people sticking around. If your community is dead, it then becomes ineffective uh, as a retention tool. So lead the charge with your community, particularly in the early days, to get that momentum. Um, second tip is... Uh, content creation however long you think it's going to take double it you're going to need to create content and continuously deliver value to your members your membership site is a value exchange your members will keep giving you value in terms of money in the bank as long as you keep giving them value in terms of courses live training sessions resources discounts that you've gone out there and negotiated for them engagement and interaction in the community once you stop being of value to members they'll stop paying mm -hmm. it's simple as some they may hang around for a little bit afterwards often you know because they forgot to cancel but if the success of your membership site relies on people forgetting that they're paying for you then that's not a good way to go about things so invest in delivering value to people and remember that you're not a course creator, you're not a designer, you're not a coach or whatever. You're a problem solver. That's all any of us are. We are problem solvers. And most of us charge money for solving those problems. But at the root of it, we are just finding out what causes issues, what causes pain, discomfort, inconvenience uh, for our tribe and then we're figuring out how we can help them overcome that mm -hmm. so that should be at the root of everything that you're doing how can you help people get to where they joined your site to get to through the content that you provide uh, but in terms of the practical side of content creation it will always take you at least twice as long to create all the stuff you want to create as you think it will do so don't uh, burn yourself out by putting too much pressure on yourself for what to create because if you're burnt out from creating content, that does a disservice to your members too. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that second tip, focus on delivering value through your content, but make sure you give yourself enough time uh, to actually create it. And the third tip I would say is um, don't make it difficult for people to cancel. That sounds really counterintuitive, but if you think about it, if somebody, if, if you walk into a room and the door is shut behind you and you notice there's no windows, there's no doors, there's just the one door that's got a big deadbolt on it. Compared to if you go into a room and there's another door at the other end and there's a window slightly ajar and all that, which situation causes you anxiety? Is that first one, you start panicking and what preoccupies you is how to get out. Yeah. So if you get a new member in and it becomes clear that the there is no way of cancelling if they decide they want to cancel, they then become preoccupied with the situation they're in, the anxiety of, well, what happens if I want to get out? Are they going to let me cancel? Are they just going to keep billing me? Mm -hmm. Do I need to email someone and almost beg to be let out? So don't make it difficult for people to cancel. People don't cancel. Like We, we assume that if someone cancels our membership, someone doesn't want to be a part of it, it's a negative reflection on us. Some people might want to cancel just because they didn't really understand what they were signing up for. They think everything's great, but it's just not right for them. Some people might want to cancel because they are in the armed forces and they've been deployed overseas for six months and it doesn't make any sense to keep paying you $50 a month while they're going to be away. So they're going to cancel and then come back later. Uh, some people cancel because they've got the result that they joined for. You know, They've done it. You've done your job perfectly, but 
now they need to find something that more caters to that next step. So cancellations aren't the negative thing we assume they all are. Of course, we want our membership to um, have as many members as possible, but you don't want to hold your members hostage. If your retention strategy revolves around making it difficult for people to cancel, that's really not the way to go. You know, your retention strategy needs to be more sophisticated than simply hiding the cancellation button. By all means, you want to focus on making the decision to cancel difficult. You don't want to make the process to cancel difficult because if someone is already looking for that way out and they're already heading through the door, it's kind of too late, mm. you know? So again, that's my third one. Rethink the notion of cancellations and make sure your retention strategy is more sophisticated than just hiding the cancellation button. So that's a little bit of a mishmash because we talked about onboarding and community being the key elements. And I would say above all else, focus on those two areas. But in terms of some specific stuff, then hopefully that uh, drills into certain things people might not think about when it comes to their membership. No, I, I think these three, three points are fantastic. And you probably, guys, you're listening by now, you probably figure we did not touch any specific plugging tools and all those. And because what I want this session is really, you guys probably can feel I'm grilling my <laughs> quite a bit because all the tools and things, that's easy, really. After you yes. master what we discussed in this this section really and don't worry because in the show notes we're gonna actually give you all the fantastic tools suggestions from mike so you know don't worry about that so mike so far when people are listening i mean you have added so much value to us and we probably feel like you like you never made a mistake uh, or you never have an embarrassed moment or <laughs> moment in your entrepreneurial journey so do you have something that you can share with something fun okay well there's a couple of things there because you mentioned this idea of not making a mistake and um, <laughs> you know while we haven't done anything calamitous there's certainly not everything we touch turns to gold either you know we've had the fortune of being involved in a number of different memberships and you know we we put stuff into place in some that we thought yeah we've got to do that for our own and then it's just flopped you know so that's a big part of what we i think what appeals to people over within our membership is we're as open about our failures as we are our successes you know so don't think even the the experts we all screw up we don't get all perfect the awesome thing about memberships is you don't need to get stuff as perfect as you do when you're selling a finished product and memberships are work in progress you know, so you, people know they're jumping on board a moving train that it's going to change, that some stuff might come in that doesn't quite work, or, you know, you might screw something up, or there might be technical problems every now and then. There's less pressure for perfection with a membership. So if you are a perfectionist, you kind of need to turn that switch off. And uh, yeah, there's no one big, yeah, there's no one big calamity. Actually, you know what? I'm saying there's no one big thing for us. Just an example of things going wrong and mistakes. The night before we launched our membership, we lost, as in they were corrupted, all of the files for two of our courses that oh, we no. were launching with. So hours worth of recording. And uh, on top of that, our membership plugin started misfiring. And um, yeah, it just all went wrong. We had to work. The experts... <laughs> And I do think we, you know, we've got enough to back that up. But even for us, we had to work through all through the night. I think I managed to work till about 7 a.m. the next day. Callie actually pulled an all-nighter all the way through to salvage, re-record courses that we'd recorded months before. And the reason why we lost all those, why those files were corrupted is because they were saved in the Dropbox and something went wrong in moving them from Dropbox to another folder. So... Stuff like that happens to people who who have it all figured out. So if you have technical hiccups, if you try something that doesn't quite work, trust me, the only difference between you and most of the, the people who seem to have everything figured out is they don't own up to when things go wrong. Anyway, so yeah, don't don't think that 
for people like us, we don't make mistakes. The fun thing, and I know you asked me about this before, um, I suppose a fun coincidence or trivia point is Callie and I actually met through a membership. Wow. So for any of you who believe in serendipity, you know, we met through an online membership. And when we tell people that, they think or they assume it was um, Match.com yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, Tinder. Uh, it wasn't. It was a business community. It was a business membership. And we met through that as just part of working together and building relationships through um, getting to know each other through the online platform and through the meetings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, as if we were fated to do this as a business, we met through membership. So that is why we truly are the membership guys. So go. that's the top tip why you should start a membership side business <laughs> if you are still single, <laughs> all right? <laughs> so, yes. Mike, so uh, I'm sure that actually through your business, you have touched so many, many lives. So maybe you can share with like what is your one godly MBA moment? The moment you realize your business actually is way beyond just transactions. You know, because with a, something like a membership site where you're not working face-to-face -face with clients, you can very quickly forget that there's real people, real businesses, real lives behind the names on the screen, no matter how much you interact with them online. And so I think the first point at which it really kind of, uh, I really got that overwhelming, it sort of swept over me as, you know, this is actually an important thing that we're doing. We're not solving world hunger, we're not changing the world, but we're making a change to um, some people's lives. And that first moment was in um, San Diego. Callie and I were out there for Social Media Marketing World this past April or May, I believe it was. I've been traveling around a bit. I'm not really sure what year it is. Um, yeah, we were at Social Media Marketing World and we had the opportunity for the first time to meet up with a group of members from our site. Mm -hmm. And it was just... Met up at a, at a bar, had some drinks, conversation, a few bites to eat. But while it was quite, it was quite simple, quite basic, the fact that we brought these people together and they were telling us their story and you know why they um, joined our site, why they were attracted to us as content producers and as thought leaders, if you want to use that phrase. And then telling us just the changes they'd made and the difference what we had made for them. Some people were just in the beginnings of their journeys, but again, just hearing about their motivation and why they were doing it and the changes they'd already been able to make as a result of, of being around us and listening to the podcast, reading the blog and all that. That was the, the switching point for me where you, know, you realize that while, again, it's not this world-changing kind of thing I mean just kind of change one person's life in one way that is positive then you know it's a job well done and um you know just such a silly little example but I think it's a silly little things that mean quite a bit um one of our members has been running a membership site for 10 years and it kind of grown a little bit stagnant and you know he, he was talking to us and telling us about the fact that some of the stuff that he'd done since joining our site and since kind of getting to know us a bit had meant that he was recently he was able to take his grandchild away to Disneyland while he was there his membership kind of ran itself and made enough extra revenue to pay for that trip and for the next one and how he'd been wanting to do that for years and so on and just stuff like that you know I mean that brings it home and that's my favorite part of what we do meeting up with members i've had an opportunity to meet up with a group of them in chicago when i was out there last month or earlier th earlier this month for podcast movement we're going out to denver in october and hopefully again we're going to be able to meet up with some members so it's it's a very special thing mm -hmm. as a membership owner to you know you're bringing that tribe together to actually meet some of them face to face, hear their stories, and know that you're making a difference, even if it's just a small one, it's a positive one. So, yeah, that's my silly little thing of uh, you know when it became more than just a business. I think. Well, Mike, that is not silly at all, and that is not small at all. You know, for that grandparent, 
then maybe it's you know all their dream. They they want to go there, but if if without that membership business, they probably cannot make it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I just want to use this opportunity to say that for the listeners that never you know underestimate the impact that you can make because of you say yes to yourself to start that business really. And uh, but thank you, thank you so much, Mike, for today your wonderful time and all the. Chris Ducker will say value bomb. I really should kind of, we should charge him because we <laughs> mentioned him so many times. We have, you know, we have, we have. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I, I think I've done three or four interviews on my own podcast where I've said that exact thing where I've said thank you for, as Chris Ducker would say, those value bombs. And it's just, I kind of tried to get into a pattern. Actually, I think I had three interviews in a row where I, I had to drop the word value bomb. But yeah, we should be on commission. Yeah, okay, Chris, you are my on my sponsor list right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike, for today, your time and all the wisdom. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Wow, what a section. I trust you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. For all the information we mentioned during the show, please visit kellyballer.com forward slash 016. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. So if you enjoy the show, please share, subscribe, so more people can find the show that really help a lot and give us your honest reviews on iTunes so my team and I can continuously produce valuable content for you. Don't forget all the goodies we mentioned during the show and my free gift to you is at kellybother.com. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.